0: Good morning, ladies. Um, so who ate their cookie during the song? Yeah, I, if I had one, I totally would have two. Um, I think if I had 11 cookies in my house, I would eat them too. I actually bought the cookies the day before yesterday, and I took them to my office. Um, I, actually, I started back to work this week, which is a story for another day. But um, I um, put the cookies in my office so that I couldn't eat all 96 of them um, before today, <laughs> and I even left them sealed because then there was no temptation. Well, there was temptation, but I refrained thanks to the little stickers that kept me honest on all the packages. But anyways, so um, that's a good visual aid to show your kids, and probably a good reminder for ourselves um, about self control. Self control is a fruit of the spirit under Galatians 5:22, 23. I'm pretty sure you hear me every month talk about the fruit of the spirit. Um, we have the Galatians five twenty two and 23 hanging up in our children's bathroom, and we are potty training my younger daughter now, so you know we get to read it an awful lot right now. I'm pretty sure both of them think they can read because they, like, read it, but it's really, <clears throat> at this point we'll say it's memorization, but, um, but I'm glad that's the first thing that they think they can read. Um, So as adults, we know what self-control is, but it doesn't mean that we're always the best at practicing it. However, our kids may not even understand what self-control is. Um, Self-control is defined as having command or mastery over or possession of one's own behavior. Now, whose kid's going to understand that based on that definition? Um, I tried to look up some more kid-friendly definitions, the The best ones I could find were from um, the Kids' Dictionary out of Australia. And it says, um, the act of denying yourself or controlling your impulses. I explained that to my kids as controlling their actions, Um, their two and four. Um, So, you know, even impulses, they're like, that's nice. Um, And uh, the other one was the trait of resolutely controlling your own behavior. So... um, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7 says, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance. And it goes on. But um, I thought this visual aid, which is going to be up on the next screen, was a good way to show your kids what they can or cannot control. Um, I printed it out and stuck it up on our fridge. And basically it shows I can control my words. My actions, my ideas, my play, and my mistakes. Things I cannot control are my friends' ideas. I feel like that's hard, especially as they get older. Um, Others' words, actions of others, others' play, and others' mistakes. And I think as an adult, it's good to remind ourselves that we can't control others' mistakes either. Um, After explaining to our kids what self-control is, we have to show our kids how to practice self-control. Um, this can be done by stopping and thinking before we act. A good visual for this is a stoplight. Um, there's Riley with the stoplight. So it's red is stop, yellow is think, and green is act or do. Um, and I literally, like, took a, a stoplight, that stoplight card and explained it to my kids. And I they can't read, you know, really don't drive, obviously, yet but I figured they would get the point of what the stoplight is because um, I already have two miniature backseat drivers who tell me to go or not go. or you know. So <laughs> I just turned one of their, their car seat around, so now I have two instead of one backseat driver. Um, but I feel like it's a good visual. It's not the same order that we necessarily follow for a stoplight, but still. So red would be stop, yellow would be think, and then uh, green would be act or do. So uh, there's plenty of practical ways to demonstrate and practice self-control. First, there's a lot of books out there. Um, some books I would recommend are Too Loud. And these are not in the, in the handout. I found them afterwards. So if you want to write any of them down, or I'll put them up on the Facebook page la- later. Um, it's Too Loud Lily by Sophie Laguna. Hold On To Your Horses by Sandra Taylor. My Mouth is a Volcano by Julia Cook. <laughs> I think we could most benefit from reading that, too. <clears throat> I know I did, which we'll get to in a minute. And, um, and then, um, as Vicky pointed out to me this morning, and this is a great one I hadn't thought of, and you probably all have it in your library, is If You Give a Mouse a Cookie by Laura Numeroff. Um, games are also a great way of teaching self-control. Um, Simon says in Red Light, Green Light... Um, are great. You don't have to have any pieces or anything, you know, not 10 million more pieces to pick up in your house, but that you can, um, play with them to help teach self control and also lots of board games. Some are specifically designed actually for younger kids, um, to teach that, but here's some I thought that everyone, would probably have around or at least know how to play uh, Jenga, Twister, and Operation, especially Operation because it's so tedious. <laughs> I feel like they're a great way to teach self-control, and they're playable and fun um, for a variety of ages. Um, they teach self-control by te- making everyone wait their turn, be gracious about losing, um, and that kind of, you know, those kind of lessons can be done in like a fun, not let me just drill a stop line into your head kind of way. So other self-control activities, Um, There's a fort activity, a marshmallow activity, and a bubbles activity, and they're in your handout, but I'll go through how they went for us um, in the hopes that you'll actually try maybe at least one of them at home. Um, The first one is the fort activity. You have your children build a fort. I had mine build a blanket and pillow fort. Um, That's, you know, about the extent of their fort knowledge. Um, So... uh, Yes, and they know that forts are blankets and pillows. They had no idea, like, anything else that would actually be a fort. So we built our fort in my, I guess that's my living room. It's really kind of more the hallway, but that was the clean spot to take pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's what we did. <clears throat> uh, just being honest here. but um, So we built it, and then we sat in it together, and I talked to them about what do you think a fort is. And like I said, they thought it was blankets and pillows because that's their you know, extensive knowledge on fort building. Um, And so we got out some pictures showed what a fort looked like in biblical times, like how, you know, literally the walls protected the city. And I read them the verse Proverbs 25, 28, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. And we talked as much as we could at an age-appropriate level about how without self-control, we can't protect ourselves from temptation, from Satan, you know, just the kind of things that we need to protect ourselves the way um, the walls would literally protect the city. And if you have older kids, you could do, like, have them do, like, a Lego contest of who can build the best fort with their Legos or Popsicle sticks or sugar cubes, any of that kind of stuff. But um, the concept would be the same. And there's plenty, obviously, of information on forts. You could go visit a fort. I believe there's one in St. Augustine. But that kind of... Um, that's the lesson there. The second one is the marshmallow activity. It's, a fa- it's actually based on a famous experiment called the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, which I find funny that it's called that because when I read up on it, they actually used uh, pretzels and animal crackers for the experiment. They only used marshmallows once, but it got named the Marshmallow Experiment. Um, but what you do is you place a marshmallow in front of your child. You tell them that they can either eat one marshmallow now, or if they wait a set amount of time, they can have two marshmallows I personally did a minute for each year of age. Um, the study was 15 minutes, and they did it on three- to five-year-olds, but pretty much I knew we would fail if I did that amount of time, and I wanted to show success and how awesome of a mom I am, so I did one minute for each year of age. And honestly, I didn't think we'd even last that. But um, So I set one marshmallow in front of each of them and told them that if they waited the number of minutes, they each had their own timer, that they could have two marshmallows. Um, both my kids were successful this way. It was funny because I didn't tell them anything they had to do during that time. I just said, you have to wait until this timer goes off. When my older da- daughter reached across, we were at, like, their craft table. She reached across and grabbed Play-Doh and started playing with it. And my younger one grabbed a crayon from in front of her and, like, peeled all the paper off of it. Because I think even waiting two minutes when you're two is, like, forever. And she was, like, nervously picking all the um, – that had no paper left. Um, I'm pretty sure some of it may have gone into her mouth, too, but – Better that than the marshmallow for experiment purposes. Um, So at the end, you know, they both got their two marshmallows. And then I talked to them, like, what helped you not eat the marshmallow? And my older daughter did say because she got to play with Play-Doh. So basically it was like a distraction technique. But then you can talk to your kids about if you really want to do something but you have to wait or you shouldn't do it, period. You can Distraction is a good way to, you know, like think of something else, like as an adult. You know, like every... New year when we try to diet or whatever thing you do every new year. For me, it's every new year and then starts over again. Um, but you know, sometimes you like go to bed because then you just stop thinking about eating, or you know, or I try to run, and so then I think of cleaning my house so I can avoid running. Which I'm not saying that's like a a good <laughs> distraction technique, but it, it's that's what happens <clears throat> in my house. Though I did run last night. That was the first time since the new year, so I got one in. But um. Anyways, uh, so basically the point of the experiment when they did it was it was called delayed gratification, and the biggest thing they saw was that um, age was a big factor. So obviously the older the kid is, the, the more able they are to successfully um, deny themselves something. So I you know, try to show my grace about that considering that they are so young, um, but realize that my 4-year-old can probably do stuff like that better than the 2-year-old. So um, there's a whole bunch more information about it and other ways to, like, discuss it with your kids. Um, If you go online, the link is in your um, magazine, or you can Google the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment if you really want to read all up on it. So there were some studies that showed that kids who were successful at that were better at, like, SAT scores and all this stuff later, but I don't know if that's just a correlation or what. So if you want to read it, you can. Um, The third one is the bubble activity. So... Um, basically, you blow bubbles, let your kids pop them, um, and I apologize in advance because my younger one is wearing a pull-up under that, but she has no pants on. But that was the best pictures I could get, and um, and our Christmas tree is still up. Don't judge. Um, I did. I started work this week, in my defense. So it's it's all the ornaments are off. It's de-Christmasted, but it is still up, and. Um, Like I said, that's how they actually look. So um, you blow bubbles, then you tell them to take a turn not popping the bubbles. Um, We had a 0% success rate at this one. As you can tell from the pictures, I couldn't even hardly get a decent picture because they are both, like, swatting at them the whole time. But it was good because we talked about how much they liked to pop the bubbles and they really wanted to pop them, even though Mommy said they couldn't pop them. And so we talked about, like, that wall with bubbles, it's probably fine to pop them. Um, there are other times when they need to not do something, no matter how bad they want to do it. Um, my older daughter's having a hard time staying in bed right now. I'm sure I'm the only person that's ever experienced this problem. Um, she's almost five, and yet she's decided to stop sleeping through the night and um, and likes to like get up and not just like, go right back to bed, but like party or... You know, come jump on our bed or, like, go in the kitchen and make something at four in the morning. So it, we're, uh, we were talking about no matter how bad you want to get up and go make stuff in my kitchen in the middle of the night, um, we can't do that. We're supposed to stay in bed. So I thought that one was actually a really good one. It was fun. It made a huge mess in my living room, but it was raining, and we couldn't go outside to do bubbles. But it did... I feel like she got the concept of, you know, even if we really want to do something, sometimes either the timing is not appropriate or it's just something you shouldn't be doing um, regardless. So um, like it says on there, uh, I thought the language was good. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, no, I'm going to make a better choice. So, And I did not write that. The lady from notjustcute.com wrote that, so I'll give her credit where credit's due. But anyways, um, so if, as with every other trait we've discussed or will be discussing this year, it is impossible for our kids to learn self-control if we do not first practice self-control ourselves and model that behavior for them. Um, I find it hard to stand up here and admit my fault as, parent, as a parent, um, and I try to be honest with you about my children's behavior without ever feel, like, sounding like I'm speaking ill of them. They're wonderful and perfect, as I'm sure you all feel that way about your kids, you know, but just being real with you. Um, I do struggle very much. My biggest struggle with parenting right now is not getting, not reacting emotionally when I get frustrated. Or, especially when I'm tired, um, like I said, I get frustrated when my kids misbehave, and especially right now with the not staying in bed thing. Um, and I am obviously extra tired right now because of the not staying in bed thing, which makes me more frustrated. So... Um, how we're dealing with that in our house, is I constantly remind myself of uh, James one nineteen and Proverbs 16.32, both of which I think Vicki touched on as well. But I'll say it again because it's worth repeating. Um, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So for me, it's not so much anger as just frustration, but They still come from the same place. Um, And my kids are young, are testing their limits, and are sometimes they're just overtired or having a bad day, and I need to remember that. Um, When I first started attending moms when my oldest was a baby, um, I wrote down something that Vicki had said to file away for later, and she actually touched on it again today. Um, She said to write down a few rules based on age and set the consequences in advance. That way you don't react out of emotion and your kids know what to expect. So we're doing exactly that, especially about the bed thing, and it is helping a lot. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but at least she knows what is coming her way when she gets up for the fifth time at night. Um, And ever since I've heard this Cookie Monster song that we played on our way up here, I I first heard it about a month ago. It goes through my head a million times a day, so that helps me remember self-control too. And since I am young and cool and hip, I use the hashtag, control meself. So thank you.